Good morning. The Old Testament reading for today is from the book of Psalms, and Psalm number one, and could be found on page 543 of your church Bibles. Psalm 1. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither, Whatever they do prospers. Not so the wicked, they are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. This is the word of the Lord. The New Testament reading is from Matthew 4, reading from verses 18 to 25, and can be found on page 968 of the Church Bibles. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, called Peter, and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake. They were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and illness among the people. News about him spread all over Syria, and people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases, those suffering severe pain, the demon-possessed, those having seizures, and the paralysed, and he healed them. Large crowds from Galilee, the Decapolis, Jerusalem, and Judea, and the region across the Jordan followed him. My Father, we thank you for the reading from your word. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Christine. We're going to stand to sing again a hymn that reminds us that when we follow Christ, we don't just follow about what is distinctive about Baptists. And one of the things we think about is following Christ. Um, The Declaration of Principle, um, there are three, talks about uh, evangelism, sharing the gospel. So I want to do a few things um, I want to talk to a couple of people and do a mini-sermon. Is that okay with you? Good. If you say no, the door's over there. Um, But I want to begin by um, inviting Amanda to come up and join me. And because I'm really keen to understand and learn from all of you, um, but I've picked on Amanda. And uh, so I've got some questions for Amanda. And we're going to do this together, okay? So what does following Jesus Christ mean to you? Um, It means just having a relationship 
It means having a relationship every day, um, not that it's restricted from these four rules. Um, the Alpha course that I've recently completed has helped me to just refresh my um, commitment as a Christian. It's helped me to understand that Jesus um, is for every day, not just on a Sunday. Great, great. Now, um, you're both a mum. We've got Oliver there. And also you're a professional. So how do you blend those two aspects of your life as a Christian? Um, It's a bit of a juggling act, really, as most most people can probably agree. Um, I have Oliver, who is nine. I have Lottie, who's in that one, who's ten. Um, I have my husband, Neil, and... um, I also work three days a week at Colchester Institute as a learning support assistant and I assist um, young people between the ages of 16 to 19 who have behavioural difficulties and learning difficulties so wow. it's a tricky, um, tricky balance but the best one really. Yeah, yeah. So if I can ask you in terms of what can we learn from you about following Christ in the workplace, uh, what are the challenges and blessings of that for you? Um, within the workplace, obviously, I can't actually say um, too much about being Christian. They know that I'm a Christian, but I can't profess it. Um, but what I can give the students and the people that I work with is um, actually the fruits of the Spirit, really. Um, with young people, it's the love and the patience and understanding. Um, quite often they come from... Some of the students come from quite difficult backgrounds, um, so they just need a listening ear sometimes. Mm. So their behaviour isn't always... Um, obviously, there's sometimes it's statemented, so they do have behavioural difficulties, but it's just, sometimes it's just a case of they're misunderstood. So, okay. Yeah. Thank you. And finally, um, what one thing would you encourage us as we follow Christ this week? What would you encourage us to be or to do? Um, this week, actually, has been quite a tricky week. Um, so next week, I'm hoping that as it's half term, <laughs> I'll be in my pyjamas tomorrow morning with my children <laughs> and my husband. Um, and, but ultimately, I think it's just being real with one another. Um, I think God, particularly this week, has used my... Um, vulnerability with Christians within the church um, that actually just to be real with one another and um, that's good that's really helpful to remind ourselves that uh, we, we want authenticity we don't I mean we're made in the image in the actual physical image of Jesus and Uh, We don't want superficiality. So thank you so much for sharing that. That's brilliant. Thank you. Great. Well, we're going to think a bit more about what it means to follow Christ. And um, part of a project I was involved with 15 years ago looked at how Christians um, shared their faith and what it meant to be a Christian um, Monday to Saturday. Because it's quite easy, isn't it, in one sense, to come to church and we're all kind of, you know, got our best gear on, whatever that might be. But actually, the metal hits the road, actually, Monday 
probably for some of us at 11 o'clock in the morning, there might be situations in our workplace, it could be in our neighbourhood or in our wider community responsibilities. And so sharing faith and values is a really important thing for us to consider. And the traditional word is evangelism, but often we can't talk about evangelism in our society and the challenges of speech and uh, freedom of speech. Uh, There's lots of things being impinged upon us in our society. And there's also misunderstanding. So when I say the word evangelism to you, I just wonder what trips up in your mind. You might think of uh, sort of an ardent preacher with a Bible being very forceful. Um, But actually that's not the way the evangel, the gospel, the sharing of good news. What often evangelism people interpret is proselytism, which proselytism is like a one-way dialogue. And that's not what we're called to as Christians, a one-way conversation. When we share our faith and our values, it is both a spoken thing and a listening thing. It's an exchange of thoughts and ideas. It's a two-way conversation. But before we can share faith, we do need to know what we believe and what we stand for and also what we fall for. And it's really important for us what we stand for as Christians. And the truth is, in the research that's done across British churches, in terms of our intentions to share our faith, often it's quite sporadic at best. Um, Perhaps we've lost confidence in how we share our faith in the 21st century. Our society and its cultural values have changed so much. But ultimately, what we discover in the Bible reading here is that Jesus invites us into a one-to-one relationship with him. Jesus calls um, Peter or Simon and Andrew and he calls him to follow him. It's as simple as that, to follow him. And when we talk about sharing faith, um, there are three broad groups of people that we can think about in the wider life society. There are those who have been brought up as Christians, um, but who perhaps no longer practice. And they're often called the de-churched, as though you've been detoxified. Um, The second are local people who have no connection with the church. And that's a growing percentage of our society who will not have had the Christian knowledge and upbringing that many of us will have had. They will have no idea what Christmas or Easter is all about. And so we're seeing that growth of what's called the unchurched in our society. And there are thirdly, those people of other faiths, both practicing and non-practicing who are in our society. And of course, the fourth group is, is us who are following Christ, are Christians. I worked uh, amongst some churches many years ago in the city of Bradford. And Bradford has often been regarded as the first Muslim city of Britain. And what was happening was in the many of the city centre churches, there was called the white flight 
out to sort of Ilkley and the surrounding villages. And so what was happening is um, that the churches were closing. And so I was part of a project across the churches of Britain and Ireland that were looking at how do we share faith and values when your neighbours are of different faith. Does that mean to say we don't dialogue with them, we don't share what Christ means to us? And there were various conferences that we called, and I'll never, ever forget, we had, um, it was Church Mission Society sponsored this conference for Christian churches, and it had people uh, from the Muslim faith, from Hinduism, Buddhism, and other faiths. And this imam stood up, a leader of a, a, a mosque, And he challenged Christians and he said, you Christians have got to rediscover what you believe and how you share your faith. And it was extraordinary silence fell across this conference as here you had this uh, Muslim leader challenging Christians to rediscover the gospel of how you talk about Jesus and following him. And there was a motive for him because society is very kind of broad and liberal and he was concerned about the effect of Western liberal society on his children, on his congregation and that Christians had a part to being salt and light in the society. We discover that Jesus calls Simon in Matthew chapter 4 whose name had a Jewish Origin. This is quite significant. And guess what? Andrew. Andrew, whose name didn't have Jewish roots, but had Greek roots. And this hints at the cosmopolitan nature of how Jesus engaged people right across cultures, gender and ethnicities. And this part of Matthew's gospel shows Jesus starting a fresh enterprise, calling people, come, follow me. And we've got people in this congregation who have gone overseas, who shared that gospel with people of other nations. And we want to do that here and now in our town, in our country. We do that when we hear the word of God and Toby reminded us we feed our light, the light of Jesus, by reading scripture, by praying together, by growing together. The Holy Spirit is renewed in us. And so we've got to rediscover what do these scripture mean to us to follow Christ this year? I want to make this personal now. How are we going to share our faith and our values this year in a new, perhaps enriched way. Perhaps should we develop some prayer ministry that we have, if we're concerned about the town centre, people praying, walking the roads and streets of our town, praying for the peace of Christ on those places. And we know that street pastors have seen a reduction in crime when people go out praying for their cities. Why not do something that I've done in my business? Why don't we invite some of our neighbours to come and sit in a 10.30 or a 6.30 or a Sunday at 1 congregation and be a mystery shopper? 
And what that means is they begin to share from their own experience what's going on, what makes sense to them, what's meaningful, what is less meaningful. Perhaps we can learn then in how we communicate the gospel and what we do here. And as we think about visitors and what they make of our entrance or what message the front of this beautiful building gives with the doors closed and you can't quite see in, or what the notice board is saying or isn't saying. These subliminal messages that we, we adore this place, and yet how do people see us? And these are really important things. In 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 8, I'm really encouraged because the Apostle Peter reminds and encourages us to share our faith with two things. Two things. Gentleness. Be gentle when you share your love of Jesus. Don't be forceful. Do it with gentleness. And secondly, he says, respect. Respect the other person's point of view. I'm sure we've all engaged with people. I'll never forget this atheist I had a conversation with, oh, many years ago, and I said, you know, I, I admire you. You've got far more faith than I could ever have that there is nothing out there. There is no life after death. You've got amazing faith. And he was furious. I don't have faith. I'm a scientist. And I said, of course you've got faith, because that's the position you're taking is a statement of faith based on certain principles. So gentleness and respect are really important. Baptists are really strong on personal faith. That's why we're credo-baptists. What that means is in the baptistry here, people confess faith. And that's part of their following. That's why we don't baptize babies, because babies can't confess their faith. We will bless and dedicate babies to God. And so Jesus tells a story of a man who planned a banquet in Luke 14 and invited several guests. And there were so many who prepared for excuses. I've purchased a field. A man's planned this barbecue, but oh, I've got to go and be with my spouse. I need to attend my family. And people are good at making excuses and saying no to God. But I want to encourage you to be a people that don't make excuses but are sensitive to the Holy Spirit in inviting people to follow Christ, connecting them, whether it's to a social event of this church, whether it's to a special festival of this church. We need to get better and recover that confidence of talking about our Lord Jesus Christ. What did you do on Sunday? How was your weekend? How does Jesus fit into that in your description to your colleagues? So as we think about 2020, I just want to encourage you to think about the blessings that God has got in store for you as you step out. I want to invite Tunde to come forward, if he would, as we close um, with his uh, interview and then a, a final hymn. Because I think it's really important as we think about what does it mean to follow Christ. I'll never forget when I was training for ministry 
and we were part of a, a team of trainee ministers. One of the ministers uh, at college said, well, what if I lack faith? What if I start doubting? And I'll never forget our principal saying, it's not just about your faith. We're proclaiming the faith of the church. So I'm going to be encouraged by my brother here, Tunde. It's good to have you here. So what does uh, following Christ mean for you in 2020? So for me, uh, following Christ in 2020, I've been meaning to read the Bible a lot more. I've never read the entire Bible from cover to cover. So doing that, I feel like I'm at a point in my life where I need a lot more wisdom, which comes from reading the Bible daily. So that's something that I'm trying to do. Okay. And what does your work and average week look like? Um, yeah, so I'm a, I am a software developer uh, for British Heart Foundation. So I do a lot of code and programming and stuff. That's what I do throughout my week. Um, that can mainly involve like doing some bug fixes and developing new features for the website. So, yeah, it can get a bit crazy sometimes. So <laughs> quite stressful when stuff doesn't go right. And are there any other Christians in your team at your workplace? Um, not that I'm aware of. Okay, so that's a tough place to be. Yeah. Yeah. And what are the challenges then for the workplace for you? So challenges, um, like when I encounter some of these bugs and I don't really know how to fix them, I do tend to get quite panicked sometimes internally. I'm not really sure what's going on and how to fix it. So to kind of try and like combat that, I just listen to some like worship music. I just put on my headphones try and block out the people around me and just listen to some worship music. And that um, puts things in perspective that even though I can't like, figure out exactly what's going on, um, you know, it's not the end of the world and I can still you know, do my job. That's great. That's great. And what one thing would you encourage us as we go into this week to follow Christ more nearly? What would you say to us? Uh, so I would say just make time for worship. It has happened quite a few times, as I was just saying, like when I worship God and I have like this um, problem I can't fix. And then in the worship, it's like the answer gets revealed to me, what I'm struggling with. So I don't know why it happens like that, but that's what happens. So just make time for worship throughout your day. You know, whether you're uh, really busy at work or just whatever's going on, just make time for God throughout the day. Brilliant. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. That's great. So we've had two encouragements this morning from Amanda about being authentic, about being real, and then Tunde reminding us that when we're up against it, actually we need to plug in and worship our Lord Jesus Christ. I think I'm going to try that this week in a deeper and richer way. So thank you so much for sharing that with us. Let's stand to sing our final hymn. And uh, St. Patrick was a British evangelist that went to Ireland and they wanted to take him out but he kept lighting these fires on the mountaintops of Ireland and this is his hymn reminds us that we need to light the fire of Jesus in our hearts this